Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. How's everybody doing? Friday, Shabbat Shalom. We're going to have a powerful night tonight. So I wanted to, um, I guess, testify a little bit, but uh, just a very divine opportunity. I think most, if not all of you know about it, um, that I had an invitation to co-author a book. And uh, it was really exciting and it was funny because Dr. Caleb Cooper, who is the primary author, Um, he reached out to me and said, Yahweh put me on his mind that morning that he reached out. And he said, I would like to invite you to co-author a chapter in this book on godly leadership. However, the manuscript is due tomorrow. So I had like 12 hours uh, to write this chapter. And I prayed about it because I didn't want to do something if I couldn't do it 100%, put everything into it. And uh, Yahweh told me to do it as a first fruits for more books to be published. And so I knocked out a chapter in here, but um, I just wanted to kind of mention some of the some of the endorsements that are in here. Um, it's pretty powerful when you think about it because uh, there's two congressmen, uh, one from New Mexico, one from California, I believe. The vice president of the Navajo Nation endorsed this book. Um, And then there's two CEOs of publishing companies. One is Charisma Media. I don't know if you guys have ever read like Charisma News articles. Yeah. Um, And then another another book publisher both endorsed it as well. And then the person who wrote the foreword, his name is Frank Shelton Jr. Uh, He has a radio show, TV show that reaches like 200 million homes or something like that. Uh, He wrote the foreword for it. And the cool thing about that is he comes from like six or seven generations of secret service capital police and his ancestors actually carried abraham lincoln's body from the ford theater after he was assassinated they rushed him out it was his ancestors who did that so this book is a powerful compilation it's got uh, authors from law enforcement the marketplace and also uh the the uh, uh the church and so i just wanted to put that out there and just let you guys know if you uh, haven't bought a copy, we still have five or six left. And uh, my chapter personally is pretty much a concentration of the best, most effective leadership lessons that I took from 13 years of law enforcement condensed into a chapter. So it's, it's some powerful stuff that we have walked out for years and uh, if I could, if we could concentrate it down to like a brief summary of tools to equip you, it's in this book, in a chapter. And there's a lot of other chapters, communication, integrity, character, delegation, just all across the board. So I encourage you to check that out. Um, and just wanted to bring that up if you wanted to get a copy. We still have some left here, so... Uh, But tonight, we're going to have a powerful night, and I wanted to open for uh, Mama, Tanya, and Missy, and we're going to have our Heaven Awareness Night, and we talk about encountering, you know, Yahweh, heavenly things, heavenly awareness, and one of the things I wanted to kind of bring up 
is uh, Psalm 84 says that, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. How lovely is your dwelling place, right? And we talk about encounters or in churchianity, we hear about like, you know, prophetic encounters with the, with the Lord and just, you know, people go to conferences and they chase these encounters, right? But we have, even tonight, right, we talk about encountering, but it's an overflow of dwelling with him, right? It's an overflow of dwelling with him. A lot of people wonder how can you overcome or how can you defeat things or how can you survive things or thrive in certain things that Yahweh asks you to do. And, and I would say if you only knew how to dwell with him, right, if, if that's all you took away, from being a part of a body was dwelling with him, you would overcome 99.9% of the things that you, you're confronted with, right? Not just encountering once a week, but dwelling with him throughout the week. And I say that because we have an opportunity to uh, receive an impartation from Apostle Tanya and Missy as well out of what they're going to teach and what they're going to walk us through tonight because they dwell with him on a daily basis, they dwell with him. They know how lovely his dwelling place is. And I believe what they're going to walk us through and the impartation that they're going to uh, begin to, to pour out tonight has, it, it's, it's like it's, it's going to arc with, with our origin. Like our origin. If you, if you think about ground zero of who we are, tonight what they're going to walk us through, if you guys want to come up here actually. And that's why I said it's going to be a powerful night tonight. You know, don't just, don't just kind of go through the motions. We know that. But know that what is being poured out is an overflow of the dwelling and the lifestyle of dwelling with Yahweh. And what's going to happen is what we're going to encounter tonight is going to arc with ground zero of who we are. Amen? Are you guys awake? You guys good? Are you guys ready for that? That I don't know about you, but to me, it's a and, and they'll get into it more. It's pretty exciting to know that we could we could step outside of time in a heavenly realm and connect with ground zero of who we are. You pondering on that, Jacob? You just meditating on that? <laughs> so out of out of their lifestyle of dwelling with him, not just encountering him, but living with Yahweh on a daily basis, what they're going to pour out and what they're going to walk us through tonight is going to connect us with not just our original intent, but ground zero, no. where it started, right? In, in some aspect or another, they're going to connect us and we're going to arc with where it started, ground zero of our identity. All right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. Amen. I want to add to the, um, I want to add to the, the, wow, <laughs> the scripture, Psalms 84, is that what you said? When she, Oh, thank you. When she, when he says that, that the revelation coming out of 
those that dwell, I did not do my due diligence in honoring tonight. Um, so if you guys could do me a favor, can you guys get out your phones? And if you are on social media, would you check in that you're here and specifically out of your heart be able to honor what's coming out of a daughter who dwells? Because what I would have done if I was all there this week, <laughs> once Yahweh revealed that we were gonna be tag teaming is it, what an honor it is and how powerful it is when dad and I get to tag team and what comes out of that when people begin to express the, the heart of who he is and the two different perspectives being able to flow, I would have gotten on our lines of communication, whether that be Voxer or text or sharing, to be able to express what a surprise we have and an opportunity tonight for a mother and daughter to be able to tag team. So I wanted to just kind of set the tone because Missy was like, I'm freaking out. And I'm like, why? You guys have all seen her open and the revelation that's coming out of her. Uh, she has a gift that she's gonna be able to dot connect because how many of us were impacted by last week's service? Last week's service was extremely intense on multiple levels. Uh, I'm. Well, I can flip it over, but basically what we're gonna do tonight is we're gonna be dot connecting where we've been, where we are and where we're going. And what's gonna happen is we're gonna activate, heaven awareness is the activation of what we've learned, right? So we learned that we've been robbed from a lot of things, right? This is where we were and everything was a, what was the word you used, Jacob? It was the word that I was like, that's the word I was looking for. Not depleted, not diminished. He's like, I really wish I was paying attention. <laughs> Anyways, he used a word that showed that we were without, right? There was things that we didn't have. We got one cup instead of four cups. So, what'd you say? We were gyps, yes, for sure. So, so what, maybe, great word, deficient. I just remember you said it and I was like, that's the word I was looking for. So now that we know our heritage and what we've been robbed from, it's time to engage and become aware of the things that we have not been aware of. So what tonight is about and the teaching that's gonna come, we are gonna teach first and then we're gonna activate the teaching. Basically what's gonna happen tonight is we're gonna teach on how to engage. What does that mean when we say engage heaven? What does that mean to be aware? We've had experiences where we've walked through things and that's one way to do it, where we walk through an encounter or we lead kind of, a, we lead corporately, but there's many ways to engage and there are things that we're tapping into specifically about frequency that is gonna help us bring life instead of death, okay? All right, and um, well, maybe, do you want to start with some of the dot connecting and then I will, sure. Okay, so um, part of what I wanted to share tonight was um, breaking down the word awareness. So we all know that we take our English word, which is just not, I mean, awareness, awesome. I'm aware of something. There's an awareness in me. But when it's broken down into the Hebrew language, 
I want you to even take notes of what this is. So when heaven awareness comes, we are more actively engaged because we know the depth of the meaning. And this is just one of the, right? We know there's layers and layers and layers, and this is just a part of one of the layers. Uh, so awareness can be broken down into a vast sea of mysteries to be searched out. Truth that is pegged to our soul. His breath in me connected to earth as a glorified son who's equipped to do the work that I agreed upon before the foundations of the earth. To see, understand, meditate on, and put action to the mysteries that he has revealed to me. To, um, to be a part of a connected flow, to materialize and multiply what I focus on and what I engage with to connect heaven and earth, marking a covenant between me and Yahweh, a finishing but not an ending. So an opportunity to begin something new, to move forward and up, to be marked as rectified and redeemed and made whole to return back to my heavenly source. You want me to go through it one more time? Did you catch all that? Everyone's staring like I didn't, I didn't get it. I got a vast sea. Okay, we've got a vast sea of mysteries to be searched out. Truth that is pegged to our soul. Hmm. His breath in me that's connected to earth. A glorified son who's equipped to do the work that I agreed upon before the foundations mm -hmm. of earth. To see understand, meditate on, and put action to the mystery that he revealed. A connected flow to materialize and multiply what I focus on and engage with when connecting heaven and earth. A mark of covenant, a finishing but not an ending, an opportunity to begin something new, to move forward and upwards, to be marked as rectified and redeemed and made whole to return back to my heavenly source. So tonight, what I thought was really cool in what mom is releasing is that like to become so aware of heaven means we have to just think on that, reflect on that, be aware of it in to a greater degree, focus on it, meditate on it, like give all of my attention to it. One thing that we saw last week in breaking down, I mean, how many months has it been of just breaking down what religion has taught us? I started to just think about it this week that there are so many things, like we have a list here and we can probably keep just adding to it of all the things that religion taught us, that Christianity taught me was normal, Right, we learned Christianity was based out of hatred, was based out of like backstabbing, wanting to see the other person smashed down. Like that was my foundation. And then when I dismantle, as a family, we've been having that dismantled in our lives to then turn and watch what Yeshua does and operate as Yahweh on earth to do as I see my father doing, which is not hatred and trying to like stomp down the other one to take a place that that I didn't deserve. And so in that, just thinking about um, 
one of the things that I could add to that is that religion to me taught me to be so aware of the demonic. Was anybody else like aware of like every devil around every corner and every curse over your life and everything that vexed you? And I mean, there were so many things that I grew up in the church and I was just raised to be aware of the demonic, like the act, I mean, the, just the, the manifestations of it. It was, there was always one person who knew how to deliver everybody and you were aware of the demonic and I was fearful of it. I was taught that that is a scary, scary thing. And so in all of that being torn down and pulled out of my life, well, I, there's something that I need to be aware of. There's something that needs to hold my attention. There's something that needs to hold my adoration. And so on the flip side, then we have the angelic. We have the hosts of heaven. We have like the, we probably should, there's just so much to be aware of that when you turn your attention from all of, what side are we on? Separated from him to what we were taught is him. And this just kept us in a place of being totally fearful. I mean, did you guys not, were you not taught that like you should be aware of the demonic so that you can stay away from it because you don't want to go, ultimately you don't want to go to hell. So like your life is based around just being terrified of what the devil's going to do to you. And so now flipping that to be, to be walking so in like communion with him, so aware of him that our hearts have actually begun to flip and heaven is now a part of earth. Like, is that not what we long for? Were we not taught like someday you're going to die and then you'll go to heaven. So just keep this like kind of a little bit of hope. Like someday things are going to get better. Someday I'll meet with him. Someday I'll see him. Whereas Right now, when I gaze upon him, I'm interacting. I am dwelling with him every day. My attention is set on him. Heaven is on earth. Mm -hmm. It's not a far off once I die, mm -hmm. once I get there. You know, someday I may obtain that. But until then, I'm going to live terrified of what I don't want to be a part of and then end up engaging with that on a daily basis. You end up becoming what you were terrified we of. We literally became that. I became fear do you want me to go into the emotion thing? Do you want me to share a little bit about that? Sure. Or do you have something to... Um, I have some of these uh, pages, the emotional frequency chart over here. Uh, there's just a few of them. Could I just say something really quick about Suka? So, like, we know that children are already actively engaging with heaven. Can I just say Suka's actively engaging with heaven? So if he starts barking, let's just like lean into that. Something must be going on and let's just be aware of it. Instead of like, oh my gosh, they brought their dog. Like he's engaging. And Where's so Katie? there's an awareness there that I want. <laughs> Katie is so cute. That was, was that last week where we were walking around? Oh, or was uh, that worship? The worship night. And Katie's like, what did you get from Suka barking? And I was like, that he wanted to be a part of it. I got so much. And Katie's like, no, he was calling in the hosts of heaven. Every time we came around, it was like he was just saying, this is what it's supposed to be like. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and that too. <laughs> so we're participating, not getting annoyed, right? Because, Okay, so speaking of emotional frequencies. Okay, so um, I wanted to share this because on... Um, worship night, we did talk about this, the emotional frequency of where you are. So one thing religion taught me, if it taught you 
if it taught me, it probably taught you this thing too. So we don't have emotion because emotion is demonic. And so we don't follow that, right? But for some reason, Yahweh created my body to have hunger so I would feed it or to show that I'm sleepy so I would rest. But for some reason, I was taught if you're feeling sad or if you're feeling happy or if you're feeling joyful, that's not of him. Don't lean into that. Run as far as you can from that. Like, doesn't that seem weird? Be aware of your hunger and feed yourself. But if you're joyful, that might not be from him. We don't laugh in church. You know, one time I got in trouble for laughing in church. I literally was called out from the guy at the mic and he asked me why I was laughing. Well, he sounded like crunk, but that was... Anyways, you should be able to laugh in church. That should be the best place to have the most fun, right? Okay, so uh, so any motion, which I was taught by religion, is not good, so you want to stay away from it. Um, what he is releasing over our family, which mom has totally forerun because falling on the ground laughing in a church service is normal. Um, just operating out of that place. I got place. in trouble too. <laughs> <laughs> operating out of that place. It should be what is the norm. It's terrible that we have these like protocols we have to walk by when we're like supposed to be engaging with him. Okay, so in this frequency chart, if you want one there over there, like I said, we've got the neutral boredom place. Should we, should, do you want me to write these? We can. Um, just so we can I can write them. while you talk. Okay, so let me get to my um, notes to make sure I'm sharing about this correctly. I just wanted to just kind of dive into one thing that, um, that religion taught us. Okay, so we have uh, boredom or just like a neutral state. There's, there's nothing, there's no frequency at that point scientifically so if if this is not really if it's kind of making you like i don't know i didn't read any scripture backing this up i'm gonna need some look for it but let me just explain some things because scientifically it's backed up yeah. so yahweh already has it it's all laid out and earth even recognizes it it's just the church that won't right okay so we have um just above that we have acceptance or willingness just just barely above that acceptance or willingness i'll just do like the top one okay and then we have optimism right here optimism or positive belief and then hopefulness this line right here mm. hopefulness i always feel like hope that's like the greatest part of heaven that i carry i carry hope and it's like too above being neutral yeah <laughs> i'm always like wow but I'm it's so also positive. like that scripture that says first this first this first this then brotherly love right so it's we're all trying to attain brotherly love but we haven't even gotten self-control mm -hmm. so there's there is order in the kingdom and so when you think about so many people are like i'm dealing with hopelessness well you have to be willing first mm -hmm. right there's there's a you have to be you have to be accept accept that there's more than where you've been then being positive belief comes after that and so a lot of people are trying to obtain the end without going through the process mm. well in this family we go through the process right so working my way up hopefulness i thought was like wow i'm like reaching high levels of that so above that we have enthusiasm excitement and passion 
And this is like, what I'm talking about is like your body operating at a frequency, meaning the movement within your cellular level, mm -hmm. your cells are moving at a higher speed as these things go up. So you're neutral and you're bored. Doesn't that sound like church? Lukewarm, which he says, I will literally vomit. You're just, if you operate here. And you, you are making no effect. Like nothing in you is creating a frequency. And then just above that, acceptance and willingness. And then optimism and positive belief and hope, hopefulness. And then enthusiasm, excitement, and passion. And then above that, gratefulness and appreciation. And the highest frequency that your body can operate in is unconditional love for all. Like, I just feel like that's stupid. Like, <laughs> science backs that up, that literally your body is operating at the highest movement, the highest frequency when you operate in unconditional love and peace. And who is love? So then, working our way down, mm -hmm. we've got desire and dissatisfaction. Being pessimistic, full of doubt, or impatient. Oh my gosh, how many times do I daily, like impatient, like hourly, or doubt, disappointment, and frustration? That's the next one after doubt. The, uh, doubt is impatient. Oh, and then we have doubt, worry, uh-oh, pride, and blame. <laughs> let me grab, let me just grab another one. Thank you. Can you grab me one back <laughs> We need to I'm trying to down. follow along Sorry. with them. <laughs> doubt. Doubt, worry, pride, and blame. Oh, oh are my those gosh. all one? You guys, these are things he's been like getting after our family with do we not have a whole thing of like blame and you're not gonna blame anyone anymore like I didn't realize at that point when I'm blaming everybody for everything every everything I operate in everything I speak out of every place I move in I blame someone else well there we are operating in another kingdom down here anger revenge and hatred Guilt, listen to what is right above, like the very, guilt, unworthiness, and jealousy. Mm-hmm. Then fear, despair, and shame. Mm-hmm. All on one line. So all of these things creating a negative frequency within your body. And who brings shame? Who fathered that? Like he's been, even in that, he's been speaking about, all right, whose table are you sitting at? Like you see what operates at the table and you see what operates at a different table. So um, some things that I, I had gotten from that that I wanted to share with you. So fear, all the way down here, at this lowest frequency, this is when your body starts to move and operate in death. Literal, like well, not, she's not talking about like spiritual death. She's talking about frequencies, like literally dead. create disease. 
viruses, infections, parts of the body that begin to deteriorate are actually at a cellular level holding on to any one of these things or any trauma or memory or situation that has not been dealt with through the process will hold on to that trauma and express itself through disease. It's crazy. And all of this, we were told, like, just ignore it. Like, it's kind of crazy we'd be told, just ignore this, because then it just gets to stay there. Because if I tap into, like, oh, I'm dealing with doubt, I'm dealing with disappointment, I might be dealing with hatred in me. This, we just talked about, like, hatred, that is what is the foundation of Christianity. And we're told, just ignore all of this. Well, now that we're awake and aware, I can see why religion taught me to ignore that because that is not where I want to be dining. That's not what I want in my body. Like to recognize that those things would operate and have like a place there because I operated at a frequency. Like I allowed that to be in my body. Um, well, and ultimately we lose out on the power because what we're tapping into is the practical discipleship of releasing healing. So while you can have a conference and you can talk about how to evangelize and how to go out and how to heal, there are things that Yeshua tapped into to be able to release that healing. That's why the church has no power. That's why we're not seeing resurrection. We're not seeing life. We're not seeing uh, healings because of us not knowing how to heal. Because we've been taught that the healer is way off out in the distance and we have not known that the healer is you now. He is in you. You are the dwelling place. <laughs> so that dwelling place has to express itself. But if you're told you're just a human and you're a sinner, so you need to shut everything human down, that would be like saying everything Yeshua was as a human on the earth, you're denying his power. He was fully human and fully Yahweh. Guess who got that anointing when Ruach came? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. This all, like for me personally, this hit at Shavuot. Like when you... You are fully I, human like you are and fully Yahweh. to have it all, see it all. <laughs> I mean, that was what he revealed. Like in order for his blood to touch all this, you have to look at it. Yes. And there's an aspect that uh, we won't get into it tonight, but as she's talking about it, there's actually a process called welcoming which I love finding out about these processes because it's stuff we've already walked in. Instead of saying, you better just get away from hatred, then you're focusing on what to get, what to get away from. You become hatred instead, instead because we know the power. We're not afraid of it. We actually welcome hatred to acknowledge it and deal with it so that you know how to where's hatred, be positive or passionate or appreciative. Mm -hmm. But if we just say we're not gonna look at it, it's you're looking at it. <laughs> your cells are, that's why it says the rocks will cry out. It, you're, you're, you're going to manifest, but if we're not welcoming that process, then we're not engaging in it and getting the fullness of it, but it's still gonna happen. It's still happening. I mean, I, it, we're talking about the church, right? We're talking about everything that was over here that we've been robbed from, not a church, I'm not talking about a community. I'm talking about the church culture. Where would you place church? I mean, just think about it worldwide. Yeah, I'm not seeing the church appreciative. 
definitely don't honor. Unconditional love, that ain't happening because we were taught you get away from evil and you don't need to be around it because you are going to die if you are around it. Passionate, positive. I'm not seeing a whole lot of positive, hopeful teachings, being willing. I mean, but dissatisfaction is talked about all the time. Um, doubt, I mean, disappointment, pride, and blame. It, I'm not saying that that's been, like, people probably don't preach pride. But like I said, it's operating. So you're preaching the words of the scripture while you're not healed. There's a free... I can sound so amazing and eloquent. <laughs> I can have all the words. If my frequency's off, it doesn't matter what my sermon was. Whatever I'm operating in, I recognize as a leader that whatever I'm engaging in is automatically yours, which is why it's humbling and there's a careful... Pro we don't take this like flippantly because it doesn't... That's why I don't spend hours like... What's the five-point sermon? It really doesn't matter what comes out of my mouth. It's about what's coming out of my body because you're going to inherit that. And so it's not even really about getting ready for Friday. It's just engaging heaven and making sure... Do you have a question? Go ahead. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you can say, I know him and I understand unconditional love and I love you. All the while your cells are going, you are disgusting, right? You can try and you can be like, I'm gonna hug, but really in your heart, you're like. So that, that's what they feel. And that's what's so crazy. The church thinks we're so awesome. The world, if you, if you take an inventory of the world about the church, we have absolutely screwed up. Because they will say you are the most judgmental, hypocritical, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying that we're, you guys understand what I'm saying when they say that. Like, I'm not saying that you're not being hypocritical. Welcome it. <laughs> I'm not here to say we're not. We are. And that's what we're welcoming so that we can truly become a people that are not. But people, especially New Agers, they understand this. And that's what's really scary because if you start tapping into this, you are going to have religious leaders say, you better stay away from what they're talking about. Because it is New Age, it is demonic, and you are not to be tapping into that. I want it back. That was originally Yahweh, and New Age got access to it, and that's always what happen, happens. If you want to know truth, just look at the pattern. Hasatan always comes in to release his name on something first so that when the authentic comes, everyone's like, mm-mm. That's always what happens, and so that is what's happening right now. So when we start talking about frequency, and we start talking about healing, and healing our bodies, and I bring up the word meditation, and we talk about engaging, you are gonna have people be like, ah, I don't know about that, this old. Does that make sense, yeah. what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, I, um, I wrote this down, I thought this was interesting. I'm sure everyone has heard this, but it kind of struck me this time. It said, evil needs a, uh, the structure of righteousness to fulfill its purpose. Say that again. Evil needs the structure of righteousness 
to fulfill its purpose. So it's a copycat. They're, they're, he can't create anything. We've always heard that. We know that. All he does is replicate. So in all things, the, the replication is happening. But so like when mom's talking about new age has this down, like that's terrible that that was taken. And we just kind of sat, us, you know, we sit aside like in the church, like, well, I'm not going to do that because that's new agey to operate in appreciation and positivity and be enlightened. Like, or can I go there? Even the rocks will cry out and now we're scared of rocks. <laughs> Creation. Well, tree huggers and, you know, or whatever that, you know, you're not supposed to engage with creation and it's like no that is what we're absolutely supposed to be engaging in if i told you because that's the other thing we've been engage with creation <laughs> we we have been taught that you're um oh i'm trying to think of how to talk about okay not only were we robbed from a lot of things, we were also told that the only thing you can engage when it comes to heaven is Yahweh, maybe Ruach, and definitely Yeshua, but that's it. So we've just thought heaven is like this three-in-one being, and that's it. <laughs> that's a lie. So if I said, so how many of us, when I wrote angelic, thought the birds with the big wings? Just, just raise your hand. You can raise your hand if you thought angelic was the big winged beings. Is that what you thought of when I said angelic? Yeah? What if I said that there are angelic beings within shapes? Certain. Katie's like, I knew that. <laughs> Even though she raised her hand, right? Because we've been, we've been taught a certain way. And so, but there are shapes that beings show up in to reveal themselves in creation for you to be activated. So when we talk about awareness, it's not just, it's awareness of life. It's awareness of creation. It's awareness of giving honor to a triangle, a hexagon. There's geometric, uh, Gabby's not in here. There's geometric sacred patterns that came from him that have to do with the living letters, with how he breathes, that was able to create. So science talks about Big Bang. Yahweh's got, I'm not saying a Big Bang, but Yahweh's got that. He understands those things. And so there's even shapes that you can engage with and encounter that brings about the fullness of heaven. Are you guys okay? Not to mention the cloud of witnesses, the men in white linen, not all the heritage, all the saints. Uh, Galatians talks about us having governors and tutors assigned to us to teach us. There are those that know that without us, they do not have the fulfillment yet. So they are rooting for us to get it and to walk into our destiny and our scroll. And they've been assigned to us. A cloud of witnesses has been assigned to you to walk out your destiny for the greater picture and vision. And we're not even, we're so busy talking about what we need to find in our generational line and repent and clean it. And just, I'm not saying we don't do that. 
But at some point, we need to grow beyond. You know, you can only clean out a bloodline so often. Revelation, blood versus blood, done deal. Can we move on? You know what I mean? It's not this, oh, and then this, and then this, but being able to understand what we're focusing on into what we need to be focusing on. And I have scriptures on that too. You have more on that, or do you want me to give those scriptures? Uh, I was just going to share a couple things while you grab that. I was going to um, just with that frequency, that uh, the frequency of death, that obviously we recognize all negative emotions derive from fear. Um, fear actually requires the least amount of brain complexity. Mm-hmm. We're dumb. And fear is the ultimate selfish state. Yep. Because it's self-preservation at its strongest. So you operate in fear because mm-hmm. you want to you want to preserve your own life, right? So if you're fearful of jumping off a cliff, you're careful to preserve your life. If you think about it that way, or if you think about it from the religious aspect, then you will um, you'll be afraid to operate in anything or look at anything down here because then punishment comes. And punishment is somewhere I never want to be. So then I try to not ever go there again. So I focus on it again Mm -hmm. to try to stay away from that. And then I just stay in this cycle of fear and death at the ultimate low level of low frequencies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. He's saying that the where Yeshua is ministering and how he talks about if you if you lose your life you gain it but if you try to find your life you're gonna lose it. It's operating out of all of that is what that what this is talking about and that and and religion it's the hardest that is probably one of the hardest teachings for religious people because they do not understand losing life to get life, which is ultimately the gospel. Yeah. He gave his son. It's what he did. And we are like, don't you dare talk to me about losing life. I want to gain it all. And it's like, no, just welcome the loss (laughs) because everything comes out of that. And that's what we don't welcome. So we're actually trying to hold on to our life, which means you actually lose it. Right. And then the frequency of unconditional love actually in your, like in your cellular level, there's no, like science has proven Mm -hmm. there's no, there's nowhere for death to operate. Mm -mm. Like when they scientifically disease has to go be there it can't stay (laughs) it can't stay we've heard sermon after sermon about how disease can't stay but but we're like just say it in his name and And i'm gonna still hate everybody in jesus name and i can't figure out why i am healed of blood sugar my neighbor is so annoying you just gave it access. You just gave blood sugar access again, but you're not taught that part. You're just taught just name it, claim it, declare it, whatever else we've been taught. I was just going to throw out a really simple example of that. Uh, I dealt with blood sugar issues where my blood sugar would drop and I would feel it. Like you guys know when I was instructing Jazzercise, and I would, it actually was revealed to me that it came out of a place of self hatred. As soon as I had a hateful thought about myself in the moment I was on stage and I partnered with it, my blood sugar dropped. And when he pointed that out, it's like, now that you see that, you have to put my blood on that. I do not hate you. I don't hate myself. So why are you operating in that? And from that point on, no blood sugar issues. Like it's healed. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to go through a deliverance. It was an awareness of where he was not and allowing his light to permeate that place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
that's good. <laughs> um, there are several scriptures. I'm just gonna write them down for you to be able to take them home and study them. But the biggest one that I wanna focus on is Psalm 119, specifically verses 36 through 37. And um, where this is coming from and why I'm sharing this is because we've said this over and over again. Whatever you put your focus on, you become. That's everything we're talking about. You focus on unconditional love, you're gonna operate at that frequency. If you focus on fear, you're gonna operate at that frequency. So where did that come from? What does that mean? Whatever you put your attention to, you become. So there, um, I just find this so crazy because we haven't even talked about what we're gonna get into tonight, but... Uh, Psalm uh, 119, for, for those of you, I don't know in your versions or in all versions, you guys know that Psalm, one Psalm 119 is to learn the Torah letter by letter. You guys understand that? Psalm 119 is so long because it's taking you through the whole Eleph bait and giving scriptures for each of the letters. Where these scriptures lie that talk about where you put your eyes on and what you put your heart's intent on, you become, is under the letter hey. Hey happens to be one aspect of breath. And we'll get into that, what we're gonna do tonight in our activation is gonna have to do with breathing. So I just find that interesting that Yahweh's breath is what helps us gain our focus. So, I'm just going to read this. Turn my heart to your testimonies, capital your, and not to dishonest gain. Turn my eyes away from gazing at vanity, but revive me in your ways. So this scripture is talking about basically my eyes and my heart have the ability to see, right? We've talked, we've, we've, you guys know in the scriptures that it talks about how your heart has eyes. So not only do you see with your eyes, but you also see with your heart. These two areas are talking about, about at, you're telling him, don't let me look at what's vain, but revive me in your ways. Don't let me see, uh, what's the seeing part? Uh, turn, um, oh, sorry, the eyes is gazing from vanity and being revived in him and the heart to his testimonies, not dishonest gain. So again, that's where that concept comes from, that whatever your heart is turned to, you ultimately end up creating. Does that make sense? But then there's more, and I'll write down all of these. Matthew. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm calling out these scriptures because again, we're gonna battle the whole new age thing. You know, like, um, we should be a people that should understand, like, okay, if I can just give this practical example, I was talking to Amber about this today. If we wanna be a people that has the ability to walk through walls, then what's happening is, is you're practicing and training your soul and your body to cross over like your spirit. It's gonna be hard for your body to do that unless it's trained. But if we just automatically in disbelief or dishonest gain, and we're just not even focusing on that even being an aspect of the kingdom will never learn the scientist the scientific part of Yahweh on why he was able to walk through walls we just all oh, that was for then no it's not we are supposed to see things even greater but we've never been taught the ability to be able to look at something engage it from a distance and it moves 
This is why he says that you can move a mountain. And people are like, well, that was a metaphor. No, it's not, but we just haven't been able to access that. So what you're actually doing is you're taking your experience and you're lowering the standard of the scripture to meet your experience to make you feel better instead of saying, why is this not my experience? Teach me that I need to have that experience. What am I operating in that I'm not understanding? And let me get to that place to be able to experience the fullness of what you have, especially if I believe that we are gonna manifest heaven on earth. How are you gonna create a garden? How are you going to transport between lands if we're all going to rule from a place, but you're living in multiple places? Anyways, okay, Matthew 6. All right. <laughs> Matthew 6, 22 through 23 is the parable that's talking about how the eye is the lamp to the whole body. So again, what you see will cause disease or what you're focused on, the eyes of your heart, the eyes of uh, understanding, whatever that's focused on is what is going to create your whole body. We'll use that as kind of like a, a, a different way because it says if your eye is healthy, your whole body is healthy. What are you looking at? Now let's get really practical. I'm not even talking about your heart's intent. I'm just talking about what you're looking at. Lustful eyes. That's why Yeshua says you look somewhere you've already committed adultery because it's the fullness. You tap into it, you become it. That's why, that's why it gets more intense. Whatever you're looking at, you become. And, so, and, and, and you will create an environment of what you're fearful of. If you believe you're a prophetic being, then whatever you're speaking about you ultimately then create, you're, you have the power to frame your culture. And we are definitely framing it. How are we framing it? So, Matthew 6, 22 through 23. Um, for, oh, I'll, I'll write this one down. I'm just going to write it down. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Talking about do not love the, the world or the things of the world. Um, Philippians 4, 8. This is that scripture that says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is any worthy of praise, think about those things. It's talking about what you set your mind on. Now, we're learning with emotion that your mind should only engage what your heart engages. But religion teaches do not let your heart engage unless your mind understands it because you're going you're gonna, to uh, get deceived. What if I told you your heart is what leads and your mind has to follow your heart and then you won't be deceived? But we were told don't follow your heart because your heart can be out of control and emotional and you don't want to be led by that. You need to be led by head knowledge. So we've elevated knowledge over truth, which is all about what you think about. And what is the scripture? Out of the heart flows the issues of life. What you think about is actually what's in your heart and we're not focusing on the heart. We're just trying to change our thoughts. Well, you cannot hold a thought captive until your, until your heart engages. And there's a whole bunch of stuff with that, with memories and healing. And uh, I mean, I can, just, I can just say this. If you're trying to get healing from a memory, the reason why you even have that memory is because you had an emotional experience. 
So the only way to be healed from a memory is you have to go back to that memory and you have to attach it with a, an emotional experience again so that you can create a new memory. You can't just go back to a memory and just say, by the power of Yeshua, and I'm just going to, by my willpower, I'm just going to change my mind about that memory. You have to go back to that memory and attach a new emotion, which is Yahweh's emotion, out of that. And from that place, you will create a new history. And you will be healed from that. Okay? So, um... Oh... Job 31.1, I won't write it down, but I just thought this was so powerful. I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? So just understanding the, the importance of the covenant that we have with the things that we, um, parts of our body that we have the ability to engage with. Um, Psalm 101, two through four, I will ponder the way that is blameless. What was the frequency of blame? You have to act, this is what engagement means. So when we're saying engage and not just on heaven awareness night once a month, but it's just pondering on what is blameless. So if you're already being like, well, it's not my fault and I didn't do this and it's there. And at the moment you're doing that, you're operating on a frequency and you're not obeying the scripture. Um, this is Psalm 101. Oh, it's okay. I mean, you can for sure if you want to. I only have a few more. Um, <laughs> Proverbs twenty twelve: the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. It matters. What your ears hear matter. What music are you listening to? What frequency are you tapping into? What are you engaging with? Proverbs four twenty three: keep your heart with all vigilance. Far from it flows the springs of life. Be vigilant with, with the things of our heart. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, let it always be to the glory, glory of God. <laughs> Proverbs 28, 26. Like I said, we've been taught Trust your mind. Your mind will be the one that does not deceive you because you have to analyze truth. Proverbs 28, 26, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Mm-hmm. I think I already, did, I already did that one. Okay, I think that's it for now. Well, all right, Proverbs 28, 22. <laughs> uh-huh. A stingy man hastens after wealth and does not know that poverty will come upon him. So again, if you're engaging in stinginess, don't complain why you're not wealthy. If you're not a giver, I can I honor this family for a second? <laughs> I don't want to expose the, all the details, but I have watched this family walk out of extreme poverty and extreme, extreme extravagant giving. Um, we went to a shower, Ellen's shower, and we have a member of our family who does not live in Flagstaff, who is not here all the time, busts out with her crib. 
one of the most expensive things and says, I got you your crib. Then she waltzes over to my house and hands me a $200 gift card to help out with all the company. The culture that I grew up in from my parents was extravagant giving. That's what I knew. You bought the best gifts. When I moved to Flagstaff, I thought I was nuts because I thought that that was the way of life that you were supposed to get the washcloths on sale for 99 cents and keep the tag on it and hand it over at a shower. While I'm feeding the whole party, I provided all the food and you brought a 99 cent washcloth? What? I just didn't, but I didn't, I didn't, I just thought that that was like, maybe I was weird. And so the culture starts to get ingrained. Well, what happens when you're engaging in stinginess? I'm sorry, but bringing a dollar gift to a party that you are being fed at is stingy. Then 15 years later, you're crying about how you have nothing to your name. It starts with the washcloth. So the family that is, the culture has completely shifted where you've got people driving up the mountain to come to a shower. Before, if you were invited to a shower, it was annoying. Something else I have to do outside of Sunday. Do I really have to go? Ellen knows about that. (laughs) Do you remember that? About having a surprise party for Richie? And I was like, I don't, I to do something else. That was the culture, whereas now it's like we cannot wait to be together and to celebrate with one another and bring our best. And the kids, I mean, Taylor's like about to fall out of her chair. I don't know what she's thinking about, but we're excited to be together. We're excited to bring our best and to outdo one another. That's what that scripture's talking about. If you engage in stinginess, okay, is that all right? I just, I wanted to honor our family because the culture has absolutely shifted and it's been beautiful to see. And that shows what's coming. It shows that we have the resources to begin with. We're, on, we're activating in the, in the being of honor, which has been called in to help our family, which brings us into promotion, brings us into more finances, bring, because he can trust a company to let it go, okay? Uh, along that line, I was just thinking about um, like engaging with honor. Like that's one thing this family does well. I woke up the other morning, I was sharing with mom, I woke up and I don't know what was good about, I almost said what was wrong with my heart. I don't know what was good about my heart, but I woke up like in this place of like deep gratitude where like I just felt, it was weird. As soon as my eyes opened, I, I was so thankful like there was this deep gratitude in my heart and it felt like it was coming out on like the military. And then I'm thinking like, it's those who've gone before us. Like there is this deep gratitude that I carry in my heart for, for mom and dad, for all that they've walked through. Otherwise I would have been stuck on that side of religion. Like I didn't know any different. And all, all I know now is that hunger creates a place for answers. It creates more room for heaven because mom was willing to be hungry She was willing to recognize there's something that's not right about this culture. There's something that's a little off and there has to be more like this can't be it. There has to be more. And so, um, just thinking about riding on that frequency Mm -hmm. of honor, like it opens us Mm -hmm. up for so much more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So speaking of honor, are are you all right? If I go into some heritage stuff, um, I want to 
I'm I'm just gonna throw out some like breadcrumbs to where we're going. <laughs> Taylor's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, because we want to get into activating and engaging, but I but I want us to ex- I want to explain what happened last week because I want us to go to a deep level of awareness so that when we go into engage, you have a little bit of a tangible expression of what we're talking about. So when she says to be aware of heaven, and I'm saying how we've only understood to, you know, be aware of Yahweh, Yeshua, or Ruach, I want, I want to bring something to the table, okay? So, and it has to do with our heritage because I'm talking about the pillars. Right now we're in the middle of the pillar on the second floor of honor about heritage and where we've come from. The first step that we felt was to bring us to the beginning of post Yeshua, right? So we have torn down the religion of Christianity, Christianity in order to get back to the original who is Yeshua, okay? We've done that. I knew after we did that, that we were gonna go into another aspect of heritage, and it was to go back to our Hebraic roots, which would take us to Avraham, Abraham, okay? Does that make sense? So the next step in teaching night was going to be going back to our heritage pre-Yeshua, so we can understand the tribes, understand where we came from, understand why we are part of the nations uh, of, of Abraham. So that's where we, that's where we were going to go, okay? Last week, something happened. I don't know if you saw it, but when dad said something, I almost fell out. I don't know if you saw it. I think he was walking over here. I honestly don't even know all of what he said, but he said a couple of things and I had my eyes closed. I started shaking and I was gone. You guys remember that moment? (laughs) I'm gonna explain what happened and I'm going to, and this needs to be held with great honor because it is a huge shift for our family. I believe it's a huge shift and he's taking us deeper and he would only do that if he trusted a community of people to be able to go to this depth. Because it's one thing to, Avraham is obvious. He's in the scriptures. He was called a Hebrew. He crossed over. We all know about Father Abraham. Had many sons, like we know him. We don't know a whole lot before him. And what happened when dad spoke out, he said a name. When he did this, Basically, what I felt in the spirit was as he was talking, this being stepped into the room and was given to our family at a deeper level beyond, like he basically said, if you want to engage in Avraham, let me give you even earlier. And when he began to talk about it, it I don't even know what happened, but like everything just, there was just a divine shift. I felt that that being stepped into the room and basically in that night, what dad did was he opened and unlocked a dimension and a portal that gave access to this being to say, I have been assigned to this family to help you walk out another level of your heritage. That's all that was going on when he was talking. So as he's talking, I am feeling like, what just happened? Because 
This is so powerful, you guys. The next pillar is what? What's the next pillar in honor? Language. After heritage is language. He's breathing this stuff. We don't understand what happened. Now, I'm going to explain why I'm like freaking out. Because last week, what got introduced to us is the being that carries the language. <laughs> I didn't understand that. I didn't know that. So there's the dot connecting. So I want to, uh, I'm going to, uh, are you guys, tra- are you guys tracking? You're okay. 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 I, oh, let me see if I can find that picture again. Random thought I'm uh-huh. having. So. Yes. <laughs> I was getting my thought together. Um, so mom's talking about language that is coming, like the language of heaven. I keep, I keep having to go back and just kind of look at where I've been and then where we're going. I was just thinking about how I was raised with a language that was very aware of the demonic, like we were talking about at the beginning. You're very aware of hell. Like I knew how to talk to the devil, right? Like didn't you all grow up that way? You know exactly what to call out, what to say, what to speak against. Like I knew a language and I thought that was the language of heaven because I would speak to it and command things, which is so like the, so not his language. It has, I mean, now tapping into very little bit of what I have heard of his language, it is so not what I was trained in or what I was raised in. So I just think it's interesting that he's bringing that next. Very grateful for that. <laughs> okay. All right. So we basically know this and that the 12 tribes came from him. And you guys know that the 12 tribes came from him, but with multiple wives, right? So Rachel has Benjamin and Joseph and, you know, Leah has some. And so that, so that, that's where we lie because the nations were given to him. But what, I, what happened last week when dad decided to, I don't even know, where did you get that? Why did you do that? Rebellion. Yeah. Okay. So, what so what if you remember, he basically starts talking about this guy named Eber. And when he stepped out, he said that Eber made a decision to not operate in the Tower of Babel. And so he crossed over and basically took a stand and said, I am not going to comply with the world system. So he was the odd rebellious one that said, I'm not going to build the tower. Here's what's crazy. I have known that the language and the letters are the friends of Eber, but I didn't know why. I didn't understand. I just went with it. That's somebody else's revelations. Awesome. I'm going to engage the letters. I don't know where Eber comes in. I'm moving right along, right? He says that and explains what he did at the Tower of Babel. This is what I want to explain. Do you guys understand that the, at, before the Tower of Babel, everyone spoke the same language? Everyone spoke Hebrew. 
The only thing creation knew was his breath, his language, his frequency. That's all they knew. Tower of Babel comes and they decide to build their own kingdom trying to get to heaven instead of recognizing that they already have it, which is the original sin. So they decide to build this thing and Eber says, I'm not going to be a part of that and steps over and is actually the original one that crossed over. His name means his name is Iver. It's, it means Hebrew. It's the root word of Hebrew. If you go down into the root word of Hebrew, you're going to get Iver. So what happened is I thought we were going to go back to Avraham. We were going to go through the tribes. We were going to figure out what tribes we've been, you know, where we're coming from. We're going to understand who is Israel, right? That's the next step. And whenever he did that whole thing and I went out, I feel like what he's saying is I want us to go even farther back before this got here to understand the original. And most Christians are going to miss this because it, the only time the scripture talks about someone, someone being called the Hebrew, the first time it's expressed, if, I'm, if I am remembering that right, is him. He's the, father of, he's the father of the Hebrews because he's the one that was called the one that crossed over. But if you do some research and you look, and even though it's not lined out in the scripture, but you do understand the lineage and you start, <laughs> I've talked about this where the names tell a story. The names of Yeshua's lineage tell a story of his name. Of who he is. This Noah means something. Shem means something. This means something. This means. This means something. This means something. And Missy decided to dig into what this means, and I'm freaking out. <laughs> yes, he basically means language, and he's the, oh, the. So this is what happened with the Tower of Babel. What happened to Tower of Babel? He scattered them and confused them by their language. So that's why we're constantly speaking different languages. I'm sure that's why there's different love languages and there cuz we just we're confused and so we're we're just all over the place with our language. But Iver did not engage in that. So he was entrusted with the original language and never laid that down. And so he still carried, that's why the letters are his friends, because he was basically given the authority to carry the original language because he did not comply with rebellion. Well, he's in the line of where we come from. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? So then Missy decides to figure out what his name means. Tell him what that name means. So... Peleg, I think Peleg. is how you say it. Uh, so this is actually the the separation of the plates of the earth. Like we all know, we were taught there was one big continent, right? And then they just separated. say what his name means. This is separation of the earth out of separation of language. Like the earth lined up with the separation of the language. So he scattered in language, and then which is what creates, the and then he decided to scatter on the earth. That's only two parts of the story. 
did that. Mm -hmm. Just like we how we have different languages. Happened at the Tower of Babel. So he's bringing us back to the original. He's saying, I don't want you to start here. There's some deeper, you're gonna have to learn how to figure out how to reverse the separation of land. What did I just talk about walking through walls? Yeah, like if we're gonna be here and then and Zion. reaching in another place, like we're gonna have to not operate here, like out of a place where everything is separated. <laughs> And we're going to have to understand the original language mm -hmm. because, and I've talked about this. Now we know that I'm talking to a mature group. It's different because it is about the heart. So I'm not saying that this is for everyone, but there is order in the kingdom and there is a frequency and other frequencies are not welcome. So if you're not even speaking heaven's language, they can't identify with you. I'm saying that to a mature company. I understand that somebody who doesn't understand, doesn't have that knowledge, there's grace there and all of that, but there is a deeper access into heaven when you're speaking the same language of heaven. That's why there's an honor in the names as well. You get a deeper access when you begin to operate. It, it, it's like if um, somebody comes into my family, somebody comes into my family, they come over and they don't know our culture. They're gonna... They're going to receive my food. They're going to have a bed to stay in. But if they start calling us by our name and they know who Jalen is and they know who we are, they're going to get more access. Does that, does that make sense? So I'm not saying, okay, you guys are good. All right. That's what happened last week. So I've been like kind of out of it all week because I just feel like our whole family received a shift. So what's going to happen is we're going to, the next pillar is going to be that we're going to engage with our heritage. Because when I do these lines, these are all their kids. So if you understand Noah who had Shem, then you understand that his other two sons birthed the Arab nations and the different nations. This, and so we're going to start to understand some of the stuff. And then Shem had this many sons, but this is the one that had Selah. Selah had, so you will go through all of this. Peleg had four sons. Terah is uh, the one that had three kids and Avraham was one of them. I think what it's doing is it's opening us up to some heritage because all we know is Abraham and you don't understand he had brothers. Who are the brothers? What do they mean? Or like taught, well, I feel like what I was taught was not that anyone really said this, but you just skim over all, you know, like kind of mm -hmm. just skip over all of it. Like, it's not really important. We got Noah, cool. We got Abraham and then moving on. And you just skip over something that's so crazy important to our heritage. So this, this being is in that cloud of witnesses, like what I feel happened last week is that when he gave honor to his name, it gave him access to be able to be invited into our family to teach us some things, which is gonna open up the door for the next pillar of language. So while we're engaging Psalm 119 and hey, you have a certain level of access, but when you begin to know the father of that language who chose to say, I'm not gonna lay down his language, and I'm now stepping into a family and giving the original back, 
there's some power there that now I'm understanding while I've engaged Semek, for example, I'm going to have a deeper access point because when I get to engage him, I'm going to understand more about all the letters, not, not to mention it's the same analogy with coming into my home. If you know me, you're going to get more access. You're going to have all of what I carry, not just my meal. We just got a deeper, I believe that we got a deeper level of our heritage that was introduced last week, and we didn't necessarily realize that. It was super thick. I don't know what he was doing. After I heard crossover from Tower of Babylon, I was like, oh, whoa, because that's where the, now it makes, now some people have had this revelation, but they're not necessarily teachers. I'm a teacher. I want to know why. So I've, I've been willing, I erased it, I've been willing to say that there's more and trust somebody's revelation that Eber has friends and those friends are letters. And then I have a personal encounter and you can't argue with somebody with a personal encounter. So when Semek saves my life because it's the divine support of Yahweh, you can't really argue with me when I say I've met Semek. But now I understand who holds Semek and who gave them to me in the first place. Now I know who's been handing over these little breadcrumbs and we get the full thing. Isn't that powerful? <laughs> Oh, I can't believe you've talked to the constants. <laughs> okay. Still on live back there. <laughs> I'm like, just say what his name means. It means land shifter, right? Uh, I think I got. I don't remember the rest of the day after that. I don't know. I think it means land shifter. If he's so the original, that's what the Tower of Babel did, but he actually carries the anointing to bring the land back together. And we've been talking about with the millennial reign that Israel and Yehuda, the, those two houses are in the land together. I mean, there's just so much. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for to yeah. activate? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's yours. Um, do you want to, we'll start with communion and then you want me to speak, speak to that on the four cups and then we'll hand that out. Okay. So what tonight's going to look like for the next half hour, um, where Gabe and Ellen going to do that or do you have to? Okay. So what we're going to do for the next half hour is we're going to teach on how to actively engage. And we're going to do it through three different platforms or three different modes. There's a lot of different ways to engage. We understand that, right? When I'm talking about shapes, there's a lot of different ways to engage. But for tonight, what she felt was that we are going to engage through communion. And we're going to engage through chanting. And we're going to engage through breathing. Now here's why. And I circled them on the other side. And Gabe pointed out that I wrote, I wrote, angelic and demonic on the wrong side. Sorry. I mean, this, this board is just messy. Um, so I circled communion because we're going to, these were just the things that got pointed out from last week that we've been robbed from. So we're going to engage them. So we're going to engage communion again because we talked about how we get four cups, but we've only understood one. So we're going to engage the four cups again tonight as part of our engagement. We're going to... Um, all 
All right, fix that. Obviously, we're going to be engaging the angelic because the whole night is about understanding how we've understood how to find... How many of you have known where every single demon has been in your house? How many... Literally, the smell, the sound, like we have been trained to be very aware. And they're there. But why are we not... Why do we not know where every angelic being, every cloud of witness sits? Where? Why do we not know those things? Because the more we focus on them, what does it say in the scriptures about light? No darkness can be there if there's light. So instead of glorifying the darkness, you glorify the light. It has to go. And so you're just doing it a completely different way. So we're going to engage the angelic. We're going to engage communion. And we're going to uh, basically with chanting, we're going to engage the names because that's a huge thing that we really just have not honored. We've just said, well, my English version said it's James, the book of James. It's not Yahakov. So... I guess it's James. So you're going into somebody else's house to, uh, to Jacob's house and you're being like, James, what did you think about that? James, what wisdom do you have for, I'd love to read your book, James. Wouldn't you be like, freak, what are you doing? <laughs> so there's an honor when we begin to activate names, okay? So we're gonna do that tonight for the next half hour. Um, so with communion, we do want everyone to go get four cups. They're stacked in uh, little groups of four. So grab those so we can get going with this section of the activation. And we'll, I'll bring the bread forward. So there's basically a pile of four, right? And everybody yes, grabs four their four. per person. I'll grab this bread. Ooh. Oh, I kind of, I kind of gave the loaf. Taylor's like breadcrumbs. <laughs> yeah, 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 I can do that. And I can, if you want me to, I can prompt like what channel to put those ingredients, and then you can label. <laughs> You need all four, Sean. You need all four. Yeah. Those are your four. We have a, a special request that came in. If we could just meet every day and talk like this. Like, I think it's so Doing cool that, that we have a generation who's, like, dying to get more and more and more. I think I shared that on Kingdom Airs last week that um, we needed some help in the after party. And so I went around and I asked a bunch of teens and they were like, no, I'm not missing any of this. And I'm like, man, I wish I, like, that same hunger. Then it's like, I want to, I want that same thing. Whereas before they were like, please get me out Can of. I please be in nursery every day? <laughs> All right, um, you have the list of the four, right? In case I like. All right, so everybody has their four cups. Um, 
we'll do the bread afterwards. So what we're gonna do is basically what we did during Pasach. So I'm just gonna release what the four cups mean, and we're just gonna take the four cups. But what I want us to be doing is even though we're teaching on the four cups, as you take it, really engage everything we just talked about. Begin the process of that tonight's title is Engaging Heaven being aware of heaven. So while we're teaching and you're engaging in that cup, of course there's the, you know, there's the activation of that cup, but what does that cup produce? What are your eyes seeing? What are your ears hearing? What is your heart inclined to? Are you dis be aware, are you disconnected? Are you taking the cup and understanding it with your brain because you're hearing my voice, but your heart's not in it? You're like, I'm not feeling anything. Try to tap into those emotions. And did you talk about emotion? Yeah. So just uh, because, because you did. <laughs> uh, well, I, and I'll talk about this when we get into breathing. So I'll just say it now. You can't change anything until you feel. That's what I was talking about with the memory. You can't get a new thought unless you attach a feeling with that thought. So I want you to begin to engage with your emotion. What do you, even if it's negative, even if you're, whatever that is, begin to, because what's gonna happen when we get to breathing is you don't want to move forward in engaging anything until you're at that highest frequency because it's dangerous if you start engaging with beings at a low frequency because they don't match and it's not gonna go well. So you have to ascend during your engagement. Your spirit knows how to do this, but your body and your soul are kind of like, Meh. so you have to train your soul and your body to understand what that unconditional love feels like. So as you're engaging with this, begin to think about who is love and what does that feel like? What does his love feel like? Not, that's a hard thing for us to understand as Americans, not just church, but as Americans. What, if he is love, his fullness of love, what does that feel like? Because once you feel it, when we get to breathing, you're gonna be able to send that love to wherever it needs to go. So just for example, if you've got a hurt knee, you don't wanna, put your hand on it and declare his name, feel his name, and then you send that love to that place of darkness and it will transform your knee. So that's how we're gonna be able to do this and we're gonna get into that when we actually breathe. But all of this is just to get us to that place of feeling. So as we go through the cups, there's gonna be teaching, but I want you to engage in it, okay? So, oh, okay. All right, so the first cup is sanctification. And I have the scripture. You guys remember that the, the four cups come from the place of um, uh, with the story of, oh, well, this is funny because you brought this up. Tomorrow is the day, right? Tomorrow is the day that we celebrate no slavery, like in, in America. Juneteenth. So 
were engaging in the four cups, which is what you do, what you do during Passover, which has to do with leaving Egypt. It's our place of slavery. So this first cup is, the scripture is, I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. What does that feel like to know that he has the ability to take you out from under and it's only the first cup? He doesn't just take you out from under and then leave you there. There's more to engage with. So this is just the beginning. And the beginning of it is, I will be taken out from under the slavery of the taskmaster. I will be out from under everything that's on this board that I've been separated from. Everything that's been robbed from me, everything that's been lied to me, I am going to be, I am going to come out from under tradition, man's tradition, and I am coming into truth. So go ahead and engage sanctification. As you do this, you're granting permission for him to sanctify you from all the dirtiness that's come from building for Pharaoh. All of the tradition of 400 years, let's just say, all of the tradition that's come for building for someone else, being a slave without your own vision, without your own authority, but being told what to do, when to do, and how to do it, only for the glory of Pharaoh. All of that, you're giving, as you drink, you're giving him permission, sanctify me from all those years. Take me out from under, but clean me from what I adopted while I was there. All right, you can grab your second cup. And this is the cup of, all right. This is the cup of deliverance, which is super powerful because a lot of us will feel like when you get out from underneath something, that is your deliverance, but it's not. He's just saying, I'm going to get rid of Pharaoh for you. But in order to get rid of that thing in your life, I need to deliver you somewhere else. That's what deliverance is. It's not just, I'm going to take this out from your life, but I'm going to take you and I'm going to deliver you to a new place. And there's a process of that deliverance. So as you drink of this cup, you're engaging with a new idea of deliverance. You just drank of a cup that got rid of everything negative. We think deliverance is to get rid of the negative or to get rid of the demonic that's been in my body. Deliverance is a heavenly word for I'm going to send you, I'm going to deliver you, I'm going to bring you to a new place. I am faithful to uh, give you the needs that you have as I sanctify you and I get rid of everything out of your life. I will be the one that will deliver you. The scripture is I will rescue you from their bondage. So he's not just taking you out from under, but he's rescuing you from their bondage, which means all of it goes as you engage in the cup of deliverance.
just got a vision if this would help anybody with engaging, going back to the board where the boredom was. So we just gave him permission to sanctify us from all that frequency. The deliverance is him saying, I'm going to move you through the higher frequencies. I'm willing to go to a new place. Amen. The next cup is the cup of redemption. And again, these are coming out of Exodus 6, verse 6 and 7. And he says, remember, this is what we've been robbed from. This is the cup we're aware of. But now listen and feel this cup knowing the first two cups. Does that make sense? This is the communion cup. This is the cup we know about. But this is the cup of redemption. So this cup is him saying, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. So not only will I take you out from this frequency, I'm going to deliver you into a new one. And that is me redeeming you back to your original state. When I think of the word redemption, I think of um, the book of Hosea. Being redeemed and brought back into a bloodline, brought back into alignment, brought back into the reason why we can all say, regardless of your genealogy on earth, that we come from Abraham is because that is the lineage of Yeshua. And we said blood versus blood. It's done. I come from his line. That is my heritage. And he, regardless of my heritage on earth, there's a lot of heritage out there. But he says, I will redeem you and bring you into my family. And there is scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture of those that change their heritage. They literally were one heritage and they shift into another heritage. And there is story after story in the Old Testament about how this happens. So this is redemption. This is the communion that we're aware of. When you're redeemed, you are at that highest frequency because he's saying, I'm bringing you back to who you're supposed to be, which is me. So I'm redeeming you and bringing you back. What's so powerful about this is that we never didn't have it. That that is the original. You're not trying to obtain something. He's just trying to, he's just trying to, he's redeeming you back in from the journey that we voyaged out of. That makes sense. So as you drink of this cup, this is where when you're redeemed, you have full access to him. You have full communication with him. This is, we are open vessels to be able to commune with him. It's a, it's unconditional love. There's no blockage. There's, a, there's just a straight, this is, this is the highest point, if, if, if you will. It's a, there's no blockage. As you drink of this cup, you are, you are able to commune with him at the same frequency that heaven operates in. All right, and then the fourth cup that we don't know about, to me, shows what happens after you're at that highest point. Don't just stop there. Don't just be like, well, I guess I have unconditional love. What do you do with that love? And this is the cup of praise. Can you tell them what praise means? 
Because sometimes we're like, well, that means I come to a worship service and I praise him. This, th what she's about to say is what you're engaging with when you drink of this. Okay, so praise is to look towards, to see, understand, and obey. To meditate on his profound mysteries, to behold the breath of Yahweh in me, and to be fully present in body and mind and fully engaged. Very different definition of praise. And we get access to this fourth cup. All right, now that we have taken communion, the next thing that we're going to do is we are going to chant his name. Do you want to lead any of that? <laughs> so sometimes the word chant can be weird. All this is, and it, and it's, and it can feel awkward because what you're doing is, is you're activating a frequency, and sometimes frequency takes time. So it's almost like, and I'm teaching this because if you're at home and you're just frustrated, it's not just a change my frequency. It's a, it's the way that I, the way that I personally feel about it is I have to begin to move my body to change the frequency. So for me, I'm just a mover and I want my whole body to engage in heaven. What this chant means is when, and we've done this before, but what we're doing is we're framing the structure that we want to step into. So out of the heart flows the issues of life. There's power in life and, you know, there's death and life and the power of the tongue. So what you're doing is you're training. You just in, in, inhaled him. You just, you just ingested him and you took communion. And now what you're doing is you're, you're framing your world. This is powerful because all those names that we just talked about, when we do this, all that's within that name gets activated because this is the original, original, original name. This is the name Yahweh. And all that comes with the letters that make up Yahweh is what frames your world. So if you wake up in the morning and you're feeling a low frequency, take, take communion. Grab something from your refrigerator and just go through the cups and just take a sip. Every, just go through that process and then do this part. And that's going to begin to frame your day because what you're doing is you're framing what you want to engage with, which is unconditional love in his name. And then you step into that framework. You have the ability to frame your day. That's what's happening when we do this. So what, I don't know exactly what it looks like. Are you guys able to do the music? right now? Okay, go ahead and do that. So we're just going to have some sound in the background. Uh, we've done this before. They've led us in this where we basically are going to say Yahweh over and over and over again. And where it can be awkward is because in the beginning you're like saying it and nothing's happening, but eventually something shifts and you feel that structure and you have permission to step into that structure. So instead of saying Yahweh, we're going to spell it it's yod hey vav hey. So there's a couple things that are going to happen. You are activating the letters yod, 
hey, which is Psalm 119, that's breath, you're engaging vav, which is of the vessel, the connector of heaven and earth. You're, you're getting a double portion of hey. I mean, there's so much that comes with the letters, right? It's not, but it's also his name. And there are mysteries and secrets within these letters that reveal things that we don't even know about. And we have to remember that when Yahweh began to breathe creation, this is what he, he was. Sometimes the language is a sound. It's not necessarily like in English where it's a, it, it's a, it's a sound. So there's things that we're going to begin to tap into where if somebody goes, there's something that begins to shift in the sound because it's all about breath, okay? So while they're playing, we're gonna basically just repeat. Yod, hey, do you guys have like a rhythm of that? Go ahead. So follow them and we're just gonna repeat it and you have to say it out loud. I want to make sure that we, there's something about yod Hey vav Hey where the priest once a year was allowed to say it. We through Yeshua have the ability to say his name where Jews even now will not say Yahweh. They do not have that permission and Yeshua gave us access. So I want us to be a people that is not ashamed to say yod Hey vav Hey. That is not something that we should be ashamed about. We've known how to say in the name of Jesus, we should be just as bold to say yod Hey vav Hey in his name. So I don't, I didn't ask them to come up here for them to sing it over us, but to be a rhythm for us to follow along that we would do. So if it would work, if it would help stand up, 
And I want to hear that voice because if you can create your world structure when we get corporately, you have the ability to create Sunnyside culture. You have the ability to create Flagstaff culture. For those that are online, if you're in Japan or if you're in Texas, you have the ability as we synergize and all say, Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey, you're engaging heavenly beings that are created to create a structure, to create your world and to change creation back to its original intent. So if you're spending all this time, you know, declaring that you want certain things in your nation to change, maybe stop declaring those things and just say yod hey vav hey because in those letters, he knows what needs to be changed. Okay, so go, so go ahead.
remember that activating those letters with your voice, I don't know if you guys could feel it, but what you're doing is you're going through the levels from boredom. You know, you can sing at yeah. yod hey, yeah. boredom, lukewarm, and all of a sudden you're just like, I mean, I don't sing. I'm on a microphone. And all of a sudden it doesn't matter because you start to get filled with what does unconditional love feel like? And all of a sudden you kind of get drunk where you don't care. You're, you're just operating in a frequency, right? I mean, do you feel that where you're just, you're just, you tap into something that doesn't, you're not worried about who's next to you. You're not worried about what you sound like. You are just in, you, this is what you adore. His face is all I see. Yeah. His name means something. And so what's happening is you're, 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 if, if you're at home, do this and do it until the Come feeling comes that you know what frequency you should be operating out of your day. So we're just going to keep doing this, but we're going to, we're going to activate breathing. I apologize. We are at time, but I want to, I want to teach into this about breathing. Yodhe Vavhe is all about breath. When your face is in front of him, this is what he desires. He says Yod, which is the all spark of life. We inhale his breath, hey. We give out his breath, Vav, and then he says, hey. It, it, it's like you're exchanging a breath. You're, you're, it, all of a sudden you recognize unconditional love and that level of drunkenness and you don't care about anything is because you start to understand how little you are. You cannot breathe without his name. He is standing in front of you, giving you your every breath. He's giving you every heartbeat. I mean, we have a heart that goes and we're not aware. You have a breath that goes that we have been unaware, but what happens when you get aware of where that breath comes from, where that heartbeat comes from? So you're, as you're saying, Yodhe Vavhe, well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna say, we're just gonna say Yahweh. What is happening is you're breathing in Yah, you're breathing out Way. Every time I breathe out, He's inhaling, then He exhales, I inhale. And so what's happening is, is you're getting a frequency of rhythm that it's not even your own breath. You're now not even starting your day on your own abilities. You're getting so small and yet so big that you're recognizing only even in his breath can I survive. So as we begin to chant or sing out Yahweh, I want you to be aware of your breathing because what's gonna happen is you breathe in Yah and you breathe out way. You're sending that frequency to every cell of your body. Your cells need oxygen. What oxygen? It's his breath that creates oxygen. So let's do that for a little bit. So we're just gonna say Yahweh. However you guys wanna say it. And be aware of your breathing. You're breathing in Yah. Breathing out way.
sending his name to every cell in your body. Understand that sound can orchestrate, that our breathing would be on the same wavelength. There's something about when we breathe, you're going back to the original, original, original intent. What was Adam before his breath? That's what you're activating when you're doing this. You're recognizing Adam in the flesh came alive when he breathed and there's an aspect of breathing in through your nostrils because that's where he blows and you breathe out with your mouth and what's so powerful about this is he wants your breath back he wants the exchange he's not i'm just going to give you life so you can go run off he's giving you life because he wants his sons and daughters to give him life back he desires your breath he needs your life it's why you were created so now that we've breathed, I just want to teach one more thing and then we're going to have Gabi come up for us to just be aware when we're at home. 
is now that you know how to operate in the breathing of his frequency, again, it's another way to obtain that higher frequency. Rena, when you're at that frequency, now you are at a place to send his love to where it needs to go. Because that's what's so powerful. We're trying to say we're love without being love. We're trying to say we know love without having love. You cannot give anything you have not obtained first. One of the most powerful things that have been mentioned in the last month is that we, you have to love your neighbor like you love yourself. The problem is that we are loving our neighbors like we love ourselves. We don't love ourselves. And we don't understand the importance that we bring to the table that he wants that exchange. It's in his name. And so what? So once you're at that frequency, then this is what you're gonna do when you breathe. So that this aspect of breathing, you breathe in uh, Yodhe, breathe out Vavhe, or you breathe in Yah, you breathe out Way, however that looks, or you're, you're seeing his name and you're doing the breathing. Once you've obtained that frequency, then what it's going to look like is you're going to do this. You're going to breathe in him through your nose. You're going to breathe in his, his breath, and you're going to, and you're going to hold it in your heart. So it's slow. You have to hold your, you're going to breathe him in, and you're going to hold, hold it for, you're going to breathe in for at least five seconds. You're gonna hold it for at least five seconds. And once it's held there, you then have the power to send that breath where it needs to go. So you're gonna inhale all of him. You're gonna hold it in your heart. And then out of your heart flows the issues out of your heart, that unconditional love. You can breathe it out on whatever condition you want his love to touch. If it's your child, you breathe, you engage that child's face and you breathe him over that situation. If it's an ailment in your body, you hold it in your heart and you breathe out and you send his love to what needs healing. And you're going to begin to see your body transform and those circumstances transform by just spending five minutes out of your day and just acknowledging him, being aware of him in your breath. It's okay to honor him in your breath. It's okay to honor him in the shapes. It's okay to honor him in all things. It's very simple. And again, breathing and meditation has been robbed. But he started it all with Adam. So let's take it back and let's activate and access what does breath do. And so now that we've done that and you, again, don't try to send his love without being at his frequency. If you're frustrated, don't try by willpower to to. Send, you're going to just, you might have the right words, but if it's not engaged in your heart, you're only going to be spewing out whatever frequency you've been engaging in. This is one practical way to spend that engagement of breathing him in, slowing down, right? How many of us just go, 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 just stop. You can be in your car, just hold it. And you're and for, you're sending that love where it needs to go. Maybe it needs to stay in your heart. Breathe it into your heart chambers. Breathe it into your lung. Breathe it into wherever He is saying engage in this. Amen. 
So we're going to have Gabby come up here. I'm sorry. We're a few minutes late. After uh, Gabby releases, uh, we did not end up doing the bread portion, but we do have this. So if you want to seal tonight in your heart, let's take of his body. So after she's done and after announcements and all that, just as you're leaving, come up here, break, uh, break the bread and just spend a moment engaging. And that will be the seal of all that was imparted into us tonight. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.